what we're doing. Okay. Well, I don't know if I'm supposed to be doing this or not, but uh, this is the Saturday Night Freak Show. (laughs) (laughs) The inaugural uh, podcast. And tonight, well, basically the premise of this whole thing is the four of us, we watch a movie... And then we. Uh, All right, hold on, right there. Should we listen to it and see if we got if like right now, like how we're <laughs> how we're like we're just going now, stopping man. Stopping and like sounds. We're going. I think it's just it it going. Those levels. We're good. You can edit that. No, that's alright. <laughs> we'll keep it. It's good. So uh, basically, the premise of this is names. Should I use names? Yeah, sure. We'll do first yeah. names. So this do you want to introduce? Do have everybody introduce themselves? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Tom. Hey, right, yeah, I'm Tom. I'm avid movie fan. Here for the Saturday Night Freak Show. I'm Colin. This is my basement facilitator. This is Travis, and I just saw a J ghost upstairs. Really? I did. In my house. A J ghost. Really? With long black hair. Are you serious? Inside it was wet. Oh, <laughs> did you know that the Asian's fear is long, wet black hair? Oh no! And I fear myself. No! Oh, come on! <laughs> And this is uh, this is Brent, and uh, I just want to make a quick announcement that uh, my laptop does not have batteries, so if that plug comes unplugged, <laughs> we're completely screwed. Uh, okay. Right, so just hurdles aside. That green light, don't touch it, and we'll be fine. Do you want to start, like, should we just start over? No, like? this is great. Okay, this is right. good. I th- yeah, I we'll be able to edit it if we need we're to. We're not editing this. this <laughs> All right, what's everybody drinking? Let's let's start that out. All right, so this is Colin. I'm uh, I'm rocking the Shiner Bach. This is, uh, I'm only a few of the into this, but uh, we've had, like, a shot of tequila, I think, so far. Yeah. It's just we're starting off light. Colin, you might want to get a little bit closer to your mic. Hello? Tequila. Nice. Okay, I'm sure it'll be fine. Tom? Yeah, um, I had the shot of tequila, and I am rocking the Cuba Libre. Sweet. Captain what kind of rum are you, have you got in there? Uh, Captain. Uh, private stock, or no, you're rocking the I'm rocking original the spiced rum. Original spiced rum. Sweet. I got my Pepsi, my Pepsi straight up. But it's not a Pepsi free. It is not a Pepsi free. It is not a Pepsi free. Sweet. I've got my uh, Diet Doc soda. I'm trying to get some rum in it. Oh uh, shit! Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, he's still he's still ghetto, man. You so, gotta give him a glass. Okay, well, give yeah, him yeah, a glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I went okay. and I got the fucking ice bucket. So I mean, we may as well. Do in a this. bottle, pouring rum in the bottle. That's, that is that's just ghetto. There we go. Ice bucket, and then you have your choice, sir. Thank of uh, we've got some Captain Morgan. The original spiced rum. Or we've got some Malibu coconut rum. We also got SoCo. So this is a big thing. But that's theme not rum, though. Yeah, he, he, he kind of. Did you want SoCo or did you want rum? Um, You know what? I think I will have some SoCo. I will. Shit. Okay, right there. If you're going to go with, like, outside the boundaries of rum and you're going to, like, well, I can put any kind of liquor <laughs> I want in there, well, then I should also say we've got some Knob Creek. Whiskey. It also goes well with uh, soda. Just does. for the listeners, yeah. we will be talking about the food we are eating <laughs> and what we are drinking and doing to uh, encourage yeah. us to to get into our conversation. Right. Not, not it will be part of it. It's going to be more of a. We're going to try to go in advance of the movies and look at what they eat in the movies and and uh, try to you know mimic it for our own meals. And we we just watched Back to the Future and we realized. 
Uh, we should have had Burger King and Pepsi free, uh, but you know, we're, well, this is our, our first one, so we're we'll slowly get into that. I was surprised by that. I thought you guys were saying in Back to the Future the meal that would be associated would be. Uh, we we were saying Pizza we were saying Pizza Hut, that's, but that's back to that the would have been Back to the Future Part Two, yeah, where clearly uh, like Marty's brother works at Burger King. There's Burger King wrappers all over the first scene of the movie. I mean, they live next Doc's place is right next door to a Burger King. Yeah, I don't think there's even a Pizza Hut in there. No, no, Burger no. King I saw a Toys R Us. So. <laughs> all right, so you're all set up. And J.C. Penny, of course. Comfort and Doc Soda. Excellent. And I've got one more shot of tequila here. Thank you. Prepped and ready. In a Mall of America shot glass. Prepped and ready. I went fishing for square grouper earlier, so I'm quite fine with my pesty. <laughs> so with the. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 is that? <laughs> fishing for <laughs> so There's a documentary Fishing for Square Grouper. Uh, Check it out. We don't want to mess with no square grouper. No Everybody wants to mess with some square grouper. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and that's the group. I'm uh, I'm Brent and I'm going to my I got I got the first pick for the movie and Saturday Night Freak Show. The Saturday Night Freak Show, that's right. I chose uh Back to the Future because it's one of my childhood favorites and now i mean at the ripe old age of 31 32 how old am i what um I <laughs> what year were you born in <laughs> math I, show me your driver's license i still it's still my favorite movie it is actually my favorite movie of all time as well all right so then that it actually, is one uh, of so my I beloved got a, i got a question then brent uh, since this is the movie you picked uh what how old were you what what was the experience that you had seeing Back to the Future for the first time? Do you remember it? What a great question, Colin. I, actually, I do. Um, I think the reason it made a big impact on me was I was five years old, and it was... Holy the, crap. <laughs> it <was> yeah. The, <laughs> it was the first movie I saw at a movie theater that I can remember. Um, Mine was E.T. E.T. is another good one. Yeah, it's interesting that, like, the whole, you know, Steven Spielberg produced Back to the Future and obviously directed E.T., um, it's interesting how much of our childhood was influenced by Steven Spielberg, somebody that's still going really strong today. But to get back to Colin's question, <coughs> I think, you know, at that age, I didn't really realize that it was my favorite movie, obviously, because it was the first, you know, basically the first film. I think it was more the experience of being at the theater and, the, you know, the the big screen, the loud music, everything, all about it. I can remember going home and wanting to try and run just like Marty McFly ran in the movie. Did <laughs> <laughs> you go to an early show or a late show? I honestly don't know. I, I think it was at McChesney Park Mall for. Oh, okay. You yeah, saw so it in '85. For the locals. Yeah, yeah I saw it in '85. Yeah, so. Yeah. I was raised overseas, so of course I saw everything on video, everything. So it was the magic in my living room, which is still <laughs> equally but effective. But it still make as still much equally of an effective for sure. Yeah, for sure, because I mean you got. Tire marks on fire. You got, you know, <laughs> you got right. Earth Angel. I've always loved oldies, so Earth Angel being in a movie, you know, has always been. Anytime they slip in oldies, I can always appreciate it. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more than people my age. I too am thirty. You know. Yeah, because that's all but, they were playing on. What? <laughs> well, that's just from my mother. Yeah, oh, <laughs> my mother. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, my. Overseas. I mean, in Germany, oh, Army Brit. So. 
Didn't like didn't Europe always get like movies first or is that always like they that? even still do. What? Like sometimes weeks. Or we, Captain America was released over in Europe before well, in America. Iron uh, Sky. Yeah, well, that was made over well, yeah, there. But but most of them, I think, they get substantially later than us. But Really? Uh, a lot of the bigger they, ones. Well, they got uh, Skyfall just recently. They got that one first because that's, you know. I'm telling you, all these huge ones, they always go overseas first for some reason. I don't know why. But you said you didn't get to see it till it like it was on video. Uh, I'm sure I didn't even see it until '88 or '89. Maybe, oh, even, maybe oh. before that. I'm not even really positive the first time I saw it. How old were you know. when you saw it? Really don't know. I just remember seeing it at an early age. Yeah. Really don't know. I'm sure I was. I couldn't have been more than than six or seven. I'm sure. I'm sure. So do you remember seeing like the uh, like the sequels, like? Right afterwards? Yeah, uh, when by the time I, I remember, uh, man, I want to say, I want to say, I came to America in eight. I was born in eighty two. I came to America in eighty seven. So I want to say, part three was really the first one I remember coming to theaters. I'm not even sure what. Yeah. Wh- when when did part two come out? Eighty nine. Yeah, so, well, maybe I, I might have remembered part two coming out, but I know I didn't see it in theaters. I might have even seen part three in theaters, but I have no recollection of it just because I personally don't care for part three. <laughs> 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 the cowboy one. Now, Tom, Tom, you also said that uh, it's also your favorite movie. Yeah, um, I mean, for me, it's mu- not much of the childhood experience. It's more as, as growing an adult. I mean, like, as a kid, my mom always, like, encouraged me to, like, Michael J. Fox was my childhood hero, and still is. Even from Family Ties, you're saying that was... Yeah. Uh, you know, I was the young Teen Republican <laughs> and oh, Teen Wolf. Wolf. Oh, yeah. He was, was definitely my hero in Teen Wolf. I was like yeah. Michael J. Fox as an actor and as a person, because, you know, he's a short actor, and I'm short, so I could could relate to that. They can't so, like, see I always like his squeaky <laughs> voice. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, but, I mean... Hello. So I always <laughs> related really well to... Michael J. Fox. I liked Back to the Future because, like, you know, I love the 80s and I always loved the 50s as, like, two generational gaps. Right. And Back to the Future is, like, my... It's my sick movie. You know, like, if I'm sick, I watch Back to the Future. Like, if I have the it's flu... Comfort food. It is a... Com- <laughs> I like it is that. my it is sick movie. comfort food. <laughs> and yeah. the sicker I am, yeah, the more no, movies I watch. Sure. Like, if I'm really sick, I'll watch the whole trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you watch Star Wars, when you're... Well, you see, you know, I thought about, hours. like, what my favorite movies is. Are they Star Wars or are they Back to the Future? And I really like Star Wars, but the reason I like Star Wars is not necessarily because of the movies. I love the world, yeah. the whole fiction of Star Wars. Like, I read the books, I read the comic books and the games, and the universe itself is what interests me. Not necessarily the movies. I care less about the movies. Ouch! It's the mo- it's <laughs> some kind it's of heresy going on there. But I was trashing Return of the Jedi. Hold on, hold on, week. hold on. Before we get into anything like that, Colin, when did you first see Back to the Future? Uh, I saw it. Uh, it was on. It was its original release. Uh, so Colin shot tequila. That's right, shot tequila. <laughs> I would have been uh, probably like eleven years old. I remember seeing it at a theater here in Rockford. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just remember there had been some type of, you know, there'd been like a buildup about the movie that, you know, that, that this was going to be like really something. And I know that it was in the, the golden era of Steven Spielberg 
and there was the idea that you know he had something to do. I mean, I'm 11 years old, so I mean, this is just kind of when this yeah. you're kind of like aware that like there's a guy named Steven Spielberg and like right. you know he makes movies and like he had made E.T. and Raiders of the Lost Ark and you know yeah probably Close Encounters by then yeah, yeah but I don't yeah. know if I'd seen that. One. What about Gremlins? He, well, he just well, but that was it. that was the, yeah. But I mean, that was that age when he was yeah. like. Gremlins was eighty four, right? Yeah, yeah. It well, that was like when he was just single yeah. movie that came out that was like what Dude, you those guys. To see it was the was like, Factory. That, yeah. that class. What yeah. was it? It was like Spielberg, Francis Ford Coppola, John Milius. Martin Scorsese, George Lucas. That class yeah. specifically. Robert Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, they were like the brat pack of the film school generation. Oh, man, they generation. just... They probably just... Well, as far as I hear, they're well, the ones guys, that they just... Were the first they were influenced the by the, all the, all right. the, the like, 60s, you know, foreign stuff. So, you know, they just had those, the bigger ideas, the more intellectual way of showing things in a world of Hello Dolly. Well, they were the first guys who yeah. went to, to film school, because every, before that, you know, I mean, like, the studio system was different. I mean, you got in as an apprentice, as an apprentice, and you were there for your entire life, you know, working in, like, a department somewhere, and then right. once they diversified and became, like, you know, United Artists, and, like, everybody kind of, like, went their own way, and you can kind of get it. Then they started, like, building these film schools. These guys went as children to, like, UCLA or whatever, you know. You know, it is funny how things, like, in the uh, in the movies. in the comic book yeah. industry, the same thing happened where in the, in the 30s, only magazine owners, they got into the business just because it was a business. Yeah, That's yeah. it. It wasn't until the, uh, probably the late 60s or early 70s where there was people that actually, like, grew up wanting, yeah, wanting to, to do, do that, that as, as a, a career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't a career for the other people. It was a business mm. move right. for the earlier generation. They were yeah. just filling a demand. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's funny. But isn't it kind of, it's it's kind of crazy that, like, you know, you got this handful, four or five guys that came out of the system and all really, really good. I mean, is that from, like, a larger, you know, pool? And these guys just... Well, it had to be. Out. I mean, I mean in 85, he also, Spielberg also did Goonies, though. Well, also was, the whole... Like, like, a lot of... Well, yeah, that. but that was the thing. Like, at that period of time, it seemed like after... was... After E.T. became, like, the biggest fucking movie, like, of all time, it seemed like he was producing, like, everything that came out that was, like, you know, some kind of fantastic concept that had, you know, special effects and was going to be really cool... And you just wanted to see it. Steven Spielberg's name was somewhere. Well, I actually, think maybe like Ghostbusters, maybe the only thing that seems like it should have been a Steven Spielberg production <coughs> yeah. that right. wasn't yeah. a Steven Spielberg. Well, he was very. What he year was, was very. That? Was 84, 84, man. 84, 84 was the magic year. He was very family friendly. And then 94 again too. But we'll talk about that. In a <laughs> 94. 94 too. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? Think <laughs> about it. Pulp Fiction. Shawshank. Oh. Uh, he was very family friendly. Babe, Babe the Pig. Who? Babe the Spielberg. Pig. Spielberg. Oh, yeah. I mean, Spielberg so had like, the... Spielberg, like, yeah, his magic... He, he still is, though. Like, with Tintin and stuff like that. Yeah, but now it's kind of when he goes back to his roots. At some point around the color purple and Empire of the Sun, so we're still, like, 86, 87, like, he had a shift where he went away from the more, like... Well, like I mean, Schindler's List and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, he was really to take ride. like sci-fi things, things that were always more action-oriented, and found the family heart of all those situations, you know. And that's where a lot of his power comes from. Yeah. We just watched Back to the Future. You know, look how important Jennifer was, 
And they didn't have to spend a lot of time on it, really. They really didn't, you know. She was in the beginning. They really established how much he felt about her. She wasn't in the whole... She wasn't in the movie until the end of the movie. Well, yeah. and, but they still established how he felt about her without crudding up a movie with a bunch of googly-eyed stuff. Instead, they had funny stuff about his mother getting googly-eyed, you know, or whatever, but... It's, right. That's creepy. It was creepy. A little incestual humor. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> yeah, and actually... In the, the comedy version of Taboo. <laughs> Back to the Future. And the, at the end of Back to the Future, they actually, you know, it's just supposed to be a joke when... Uh, when Doc comes back and he's like, something's got to be done about your kids, Marty. Yeah. And then Jennifer mm-hmm. and Marty get in the car and they all go back to the future together. And the movie makes a ton of money and they're like, crap, we got to do like a sequel. Right. And then they're like, what do we do with the girl in the car? Because <laughs> Jennifer wasn't supposed, you know, like. <laughs> what was this supposed to be? Her character isn't like, it's like a time travel story about Doc and this, this kid, you know, Marty, that are traveling through time. So in the second and third one, Jennifer's pretty much passed out the <laughs> during the course of the. But film. once again, I still yeah, felt the, I still feel the emotion yeah. of the Jennifer character, except for in three. Three is the only time where Jennifer's a nobody character because well, they're a, focusing uh, on Doc's love story. Yeah, but she's there at the end though. Well, exactly, but, I mean, but they still just, don't. Marty doesn't a, have any sort of. I miss Jennifer. Marty, well, Marty, you know that's what he's got to always well, keep that, going back. That, that's to, Mar- yeah. that's Marty's reason to go back yeah, to 1985. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, he doesn't have a reason to go back to 1985. Oh, for sure, right. he's got to get go back to Jennifer. Like, I got a girl too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then that's good. Travis does a really good Marty McFly. <laughs> <laughs> I will be constantly doing it tonight because <laughs> it's just fun. All right, so what did Robert Zemeckis like? I mean. We're, we're talking about like Spielberg, but Zemeckis prior to uh, Back to the Future, which I mean was a phenomenal hit. I mean, what did he done? I mean, I know we we established he did uh, Romancing the Stone the year before, which is a great movie. I mean, that was a big budget, you know. Right. Yeah, he did two of those. The first one was the. Uh, yeah, the uh, Jewel of the, the Nile. Nile. It was like '87, so that was after. But I don't. Yeah. Think, he did Romancing that, the did Stone and Jewel of the Nile. I don't know if he did. Rom- Romance. Somebody else did I never saw that. either of them. I don't really know, honestly. I don't like Michael Douglas. He directed Douglas. it. I don't want... Except for in his sexy movie. But he also... <laughs> he, he had uh, used cars with Kurt Russell. I haven't seen any of Zemeckis' horror movies. Oh, you haven't? Well, what did he do? What Lies Beneath? Yeah. Well, uh, he did House yeah. of Wax and... Uh, no, no, well, no, but he's part of the Dark Castle uh, production company. It's him and Joel Silver, and I think was Walter Hill part of it. They all did yeah. Tales from the Crypt together, the TV show, and then they formed uh, Dark Castle. So anything that's like House on Haunted Hill, they're all remakes, basically, of old William Castle movies. William Castle was a producer in the Shouldn't 50s they make 60s. 13 Ghosts now with well, 3D technology? Because, I mean, come on, the whole putting on glasses thing. It would be cool to watch a 2D movie yeah. that you put the 3D glasses on when the characters do. They well, should do that they now. They did that in the 50s, right? It was like For sure. Yeah, but in the 50s, it was like a lion tamer ghost. It wasn't really scary, you know? Flight? Yeah, we went. Yeah, we saw flight. Did you guys see flight? Yeah, yeah, flights. flights really? Phenomenal. I was. Yeah. Uh, was it phenomenal? Surprised. Well, see, I was surprised by flight because flight, like, I mean, he spent like the past what was it, three years or more, 
making motion capture movies. It was like ten years, yeah. Was it ten years? Yeah. Uh, so he, he, he developed it. a lot of the the technology and you know went out like and did uh, Polar Express, Beowulf. Beowulf is a great movie. Great that movie. needs to be done in 3D. I'm just gonna <laughs> stay that out there. They need to release a 3D version yeah, of that in in IMAX <laughs> in 3D. That they need to just make a lot of like I have that on Blu-ray 3D. Almost yeah, all fantasy movies well. should go towards the motion capture thing. That way we wouldn't argue about all these stupid actors that got to play these characters forever. Yeah. We can just have a stream of movies that are motion capture that are... Well, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is like an awesome Zemeckis movie. And that's kind of like him it's amazing. that kind of... An amazing And Christopher Lloyd's in that, too. Yeah, it's groundbreaking, definitely. Yeah. His, his eye, I mean, that was like... <laughs> Do you remember me, Eddie? When I killed your brother, I got just <laughs> like... <laughs> oh, oh, that is so creepy. You know, actually, yeah. one of the unheralded Robert Zemeckis movies is uh, Death Becomes Her. Like, you can't yeah. find that on video. Anymore. Really? Yeah, and that movie I thought was... I uh, never saw it. Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah. What about really? Contact? Meryl Streep yeah, and... Contact uh, is really good. Contact yeah, is Yeah, Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn and Bruce Willis. And, yeah, there's just like... It's I know they... Foolish, Kind of, it's almost like a uh, funny Tales from the Crypt episode Crazy. running a you know feature length. It reminds me of uh, was it Witches of Eastwick, I think. Yeah, it's Jack kind of a little Nichols. bit of a that kind of vibe. Yeah, it. it's kind of like that dark comedy yeah. about like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's the kind of humor I like. You know, it's like yeah. it's black humor. It's really, really <laughs> yeah. dark. You know. Tom mentioned uh, Contact. Uh, Robert Zemeckis actually wasn't supposed to do Contact or direct it. But the director they had, I don't know who it was, but he was, like, really incompetent. So the studio brought him in, and he just, like, took over and just made really? a, made a knockout film, if I don't say so myself. I never saw Contact. No, yeah, it's amazing I'm doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I see a lot of movies. We're just not very, talking about those ones. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> Forrest Gump's probably one of his... Forrest I, Gump. Right. Probably his best work. Forrest Gump, 1994. Like, overall, I mean, <laughs> as great as Back to the Future is, Forrest Gump is. That's probably Tom yeah. Hanks' best stuff. And I would that's say Tom Hanks' best. Oh, you know, that was just like one of those things. That was Castaway's like the perfect storm. Castaway's not bad for I Tom love Hanks. Castaway. Right. Yeah, Castaway was, Dude, yeah, that was a Robert Castaway. movie where he shot part of it, and then like uh, Tom Hanks went and lost a bunch of weight, and while Tom Hanks was losing a bunch of weight, Zemeckis went and made uh, What Lies Beneath. Yeah, <laughs> and then right. came back and made the rest of uh, Castaway after that. That guy's a champ, definitely. He man, uh, I'm sorry. You can uh, if you want to, you can edit this out later. But uh, no, it's organic. Well, but uh, okay, so Castaway was one of the first movies. Well, that just made yeah, it made me fucking really care for an inanimate well, object as a character. So I just saw I saw Brave, right? That's yeah. really good. Have you have you seen that? Yeah, I have not seen it. Dude, I you was haven't shocked. seen Brave? I, I, no, I, I'm not revealing anything. You, you want to borrow it? Do you want to borrow it? Okay, sure. by, by right. the, yeah, I got it on Blu-ray. Okay, okay by the trailer, you know she shoots a bow and arrow, right? Yes. Okay, <laughs> so that way I know that I'm not like I it's not a spoiler Brave. alert. As an Irish bastard yourself, you need to see Brave. <laughs> but uh, I just had one problem with that movie though. But I don't know if we should talk about that. My mom and dad knew each other. <laughs> but uh, but uh, dude, the mom, the mom. It's 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 an awesome movie because it's like a mom daughter story, which you never see a positive mom daughter story in any movie anywhere anymore. And it's got bears in it. Uh, it's got bears in it. But anyway, the mom, like, 
I want to say there was barely that many scenes where she had the bow and arrow, and the mom would tell her to get her off the table. She has the bow and arrow with her everywhere. Then when she gets in a fight with her mom, the mom throws the bow and arrow in the fire, and I I just couldn't believe how like emotionally like I was just like, oh my god, I can't believe she threw the bow and arrow. It's amazing when uh, filmmakers can really. Uh, Right. You know, kick that off so quickly. Because, I mean, that was like in the first, like, psh, I don't even know, 10, 15 minutes. It wasn't that long in the movie where she got in the fight. And that even brings me to Pixar's Up, where, I mean, yeah. I really didn't care for it. But, dude, the first two minutes of the credits when it shows the life story oh, yeah, yeah, and show, yeah, yeah, yeah. dude, had me cry my eyes out. Cry my eyes out. And but there's the, internet, the rest of the movie didn't pick it up. There's an internet meme going around that says that Pixar told a better love story in ten minutes with Up than Twilight has in like the entire oh, I, series or whatever. I wouldn't doubt that at all because yeah. dude, that that just that just threw me for a loop. I was like, I can't even I know nothing about these characters. They're, they're just showing me Bra- pictures. I think Brave is some of their best work. I really like Brave. You know, Brave is really good. I just bought it on uh, Black Friday for like eight bucks on Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's interesting Deal. though? Like, th- there's there's a documentary out there, something about Pixar, how they had you know like four or five films, Toy Story being the first one and Wall-E being the last one that they pitched to Disney. And you know, like, if you think about Pixar's, you know, start like. Whatever those five, uh, what was it? You know like? what Pixar's actual real start was? They put together. Rescuers. I don't really. They, I, I don't like Pixar. They re- they they put together rescuers. But Tom, rescuers. Bra- uh, down I under. like Brave. Yeah. Rescuers but like, down under is actually the like the very first digitally. Oh, put, they did put the, together the edited clockwork. movie. Yeah, there's a clock. There's they, a scene where the guy goes on. No, wait. Well, the e- the whole movie. The whole movie was because before they always had to like animate a lot of things together. But Rescuers Down Under, because of Pixar, it was the first time they were able to draw so many things separate and place them over each other instead of having to animate them with I each other. I thought it was other. The Great Mouse Detective. Uh, no, they, well, I mean, they did start on Great Mouse, but, but, well, yeah, but Rescuers like, Down Under has the claim to being the first fully edited through uh, digital, hmm. you know, digital means... Mm, yeah, fully movie. edited, fully edited. Not just sequences, but like complete start to finish. I thought, uh, what was that, 87? No, it was 90-something. Mm. I'm trying to think, because if you're talking about just editing, I know uh, Coppola did Dracula, and like that was all nonlinear. Like, Rescue's added. Down Under was before Dracula. Maybe. For before sure. we switch We're going to have to go to Tom, the IMDb. Tom I'm, had mentioned about not liking Twitter. I'm not even talking... But Brave was Pixar, right? I like I like Brave, but like you know, like I really didn't like 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 Finding Nemo, and I really didn't like Up or no, I didn't either. Like or Wall-E, Nemo. I still really didn't car like movies. Movie. I fucking didn't, didn't like, like cars. Wall-E? No, I didn't like. Well, I, I didn't like Wally. <laughs> <laughs> I just fucking said that. I'm repeating myself. I didn't really I like Toy for a Story three. Colin questioned me. Don't question me, motherfucker. I just watched the documentary about Pixar, about the rescue <laughs> down under. Don't make me go rent it from the library. So I thought, I thought, you know, I thought I just didn't like Pixar anymore, but they came out with Brave, and I, I really liked Brave. Mo- mostly because it was, like, dealing with humans instead of just, like, 
Fairy, talking cars, fairy tale creatures. Well, I mean, or, okay, well, let me ask you. Okay, there's a company that make. I mean, like that John Lasseter guy. I mean, like they've got they pigeonholed. Like we know how to make family entertainment primarily that kids will love, and parents aren't going to be bored going to see it. I well, mean, they're 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 kids movies. I mean, they made like a, a cool, interesting Celtic tale, which I thought was pretty good. I mean, it's it's got. You guys didn't see it. Brave, okay, well, let me ask you this, because this was the only problem I found with Do Brave. Do I need to put my fingers in my ear right now? <laughs> uh, <laughs> not really, because apparently I am going to see it. Tom's going to loan me the blue. Yeah, I got the blue. I don't want to tell. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Then we should be fucking talking about Brave. We should be able to talk about what we could talk We should about. be talking about Back to the Future. <laughs> We gotta talk about. Yeah, all right, let's talk, talk about, about Back to the Future. We'll edit that whole right. thing. So <laughs> back <laughs> on track. We got, uh, yeah, what the hell? What 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 was Back to the Future about? Burger King with that. We've been talking about a lot of stuff at this point. <laughs> Everybody knows what Back to the Future is about. It's yeah. about getting back to the future. It's, it's, back. it's one of those rare. Back to the future. I wonder if our fifth member has anything to say on Back to the Future before she goes to bed. Back to the Future. Anything? Yep. Our mystery guest is going to bed. Our guest stars. Did you like? Here. Did you enjoy Back to the Future? Who is our mystery guest for the listeners? That would be my wife. Yeah. There she goes. Uh, yeah. So uh, no, I forgot what I was gonna say. Uh, you're, you're saying the credentials. Back to the future. The credits. What? Back to the future? I thought you were. No. 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 Mm, sorry. no. Uh, I heard Steven Spielberg. No, it wasn't. It was something. Oh well, yeah, it was. I said we had Steven Spielberg, Robert Zemeckis. Uh, the music King, was awesome. Pro- product placement. Joey Lewis in the news. Did the, uh, did the music. He's worked with Robert Zemeckis. That's the I think prob- every oh, no. uh, Zemeckis movie. Well, now, are we talking about Alan Silvestri or are we talking about Huey Lewis? I'm talking about Huey Lewis. <laughs> Travis is talking about Huey Lewis. Okay, so and the news. if you can and remember the, the trivia question, prior to the power of love, what was Huey Lewis in the news? Like, what would you have known them for? I don't know. I hope you found out before you were asking no, me this. I, this I remember MTV oh, back in the... I know. I was man. born in 82. That right. came out in 85. I was two that, years that, old. That, was I, that, that, like, I was three years old. Was that, that like, rock and I don't like, like, oh, I know the top hits right now. The heart of rock and roll? Did, did, no, there was did, the heart did, of rock and roll. There was if still this beating. is it, and the, the <laughs> I uh, want a new. I, I got a new drug. I need a new drug. I want a new drug. Well, heart heart rock is and that roll. Is that Huey Lewis? It's honestly drug? probably like my favorite. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. How it, which one? Because I know. Okay, which one copied who? Did did Huey Lewis copy Ray Parker Jr. for the Ghostbusters song, or did Ray Parker Jr. copy Huey Lewis? I want a new drug because there's a settlement over that for oh, the Ghostbusters. Really? Yeah, the whole. The whole, just oh, the Ghostbusters yeah, theme, yeah, yeah. Ray Parker Jr.'s uh, Ghostbuster theme. Would, There's mean, a. You'd have to look this up. But I would I have to look it up. Is somebody a Captain a Google drug. around here I for our podcast? We should have a Captain Google for the podcast, oh, right? Well, we, me, we, me, we, we all me. got a, Two of us got nope. iPhones. I'm, I'm totally all right. Race. I'm on. For anybody out there, Captain Google is who I call the fastest person to whip out a cell phone and question anything that you were talking about or. I they call them Captain Google from now on. Spread it. Spread right. it. Shame. I mean, I admit, oh, sometimes everybody everybody dons the cape of Captain Google at one point. Right, shut the hell <laughs> up because you're, you're screwing up my audio search. All right, listen to... Uh, look at, you're doing like, an audio search during a podcast. It totally, <laughs> it totally got it, though. It says, I want a new drug, Huey Lewis, and then you were talking, so it's like Reddit, 
everybody. Everybody does the Catholic. That's <laughs> what it's searching for now. <laughs> well, why would you I'm do an audio cast on a podcast? We're all supposed to like talk like it's I a want radio a new show. Drug, Louis, and you're like, uh, well, you want us to stop for a second to search for stuff? Well, we have Siri. Siri, can Siri weigh in on this? Ah. Well, now I get like some. It's all messed up. Well, well I'm gonna have to what's get the question? Space. I'm still gonna beat you. I don't even remember. <laughs> Hold on. The oh, there was more. Ask to it. the question, Serial. Ask the question. Just ask it. Check on that. <laughs> <laughs> you I don't know what question to ask. You just got to look up Huey Lewis in the news. Dude, I got it. I got Ghostbusters. It. Here we go. Ray Parker that Jr. was uh, January third, nineteen eighty four. Well, fuck the uh, the Ghostbusters theme song was also in eighty four. So uh, that's what I'm saying. But there, I know there's a court dispute. You got to look up news on the court dispute because someone copied someone. We got. I'm, I'm trying to figure. I, I want to know who copied who. Did Ray Parker Jr. copy Huey Lewis you know, in the news? I'm or Hugh that I have Rock Band, right. and we yeah. may be able to actually like just stop recording this podcast. Rock Band. We can go play. We can go play the Power of Love right now. We, we cannot tell us. No, it's not. But we would be able to play the fucking Power of Love as a band. I think we're getting away from the whole we're idea of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like totally. This is right. why I think we should have notes, like serious <laughs> notes, guidelines of what we're talking about. All right, so I'm gonna bring it back. We're just all over the place. All right, yeah, yeah. Let's let's change the topic. Let's. What, what, I'm gonna what br- are we bring it back. To all right, me? Ghostbusters all right. lawsuit. Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> all right, here we go. No, 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 because now we got to follow this all the way through. We'll Lewis just, no, we could just record Ray Parker Jr. Ah. citing the similarities between Ghostbusters song and their earlier hit "I Want a New Drug." There you go. Yep, he there said that it there was especially go. damaging to them since Ghostbusters was so popular and they uh, settled out of court. Ooh, that means he actually did. I mean, come on. Wow. He settled out of court. That yeah, means guilty. 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 Yep. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about Spider-Man right now. No, I know this is a Back to the Future right. podcast, but, Tom, I, would I say you like or you love the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies? I love them. He loves the Spider-Man. He would make Sam out with Raimi them because they are so awesome. Yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed. I mean, I think Spider-Man Two is probably one of the, one of the best superhero movies ever made. Okay, now uh, what did you say when you saw the Amazing Spider-Man? I thought it was crap. What else did you say? Uh, that you hated it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, 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 did, I, I did. I hate it. I did say I, I, I did say I hate it. Yes, I I, I clearly <laughs> said. That I hate that movie. Yeah. All right, I'm on the other side of that fence. I like that movie better than the three Sam Raimi movies. Well, because it, Combined. it just went, it just <laughs> went against everything that like I don't know. It just it didn't feel like so. Movie. Okay, so w- when you came back downstairs, what did you say? Just for the. Oh, yeah, I said I would like to see The Amazing Spider-Man again. Oh, hell And you shall. I would like to see it again because I would like to see it. Because I I think when I went and saw it in the theater, I was of the mind of like, you know what, I'm going to watch this movie, I'm going to give it a chance, but chances are I'm probably not going to like it. And I went out and said, you know what, I didn't fucking like it. And I I saw... I, I have saw a question it, like, for you, okay? Sorry to cut you off. I got a question right now. Okay, you're Spider-Man. I think we maybe established this before that Travis, he likes the comic book Spider-Man. Did, were you a big fan of the TV show, uh, the uh, the animated Spider-Man? 
Yeah, I think so, yeah. Would you say that the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies are closer in spirit to the animated TV show Spider-Man? Yeah, they were more lighthearted and funny, and, and that's what I kind of liked about the. But Travis would say that the. Well, I would say was what it is in is tone to the comic book Spider-Man. What it is is Sam Raimi made a movie about Spider-Man as he saw Spider-Man in his childhood, in the early you know or whatever the mid sixties. Which was the. So it was more of a it was more of a yeah it was the more the 60s yeah just more lighthearted and more whatever but what Mark Webb did you know he grounded it and gave it more of the feeling that Todd McFarlane gave it in the 80s you know a harder edge more of a a darker Spider-Man you know because I mean Spider-Man was always going out at night and you know he added the humor back in with Amazing Spider-Man they even purposely uh put Spider-Man in almost like almost any uh position you could think of ever seeing Spider-Man drawn in in the movie Oh yeah 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 you know, like, they just, I even caught that I mean as just a casual viewer I mean I'm not a really a big I'm not a reader of the comics I mean I'm a fan you know of the character I guess but you know, just seeing the Amazing Spider-Man, like what they were doing with, you know, like where everything. It was like he would land in these like iconic poses. He'd swing. He on would the web crouch and like, just the yeah, way he would crouch would down. Like He's automatic. I mean, they added more of the and even and even life. aside from the comic books, the comic books really didn't focus on how much of the gene splicing had to do with the arachnid side yeah, of so him. Yeah, so he acts like a spider. He's yeah, like I could, I easily saw. It's like I never thought of spider. Spider-Man being like a uh, like a uh, fly type of movie, but Amazing oh, Spider-Man hey. really made me feel like, oh my god, yeah, it's totally you know, it's like the flies universe. If 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 uh, if uh, Brundle could have gotten it right, you yeah. know, or like yeah, what yeah. could have happened if? Uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm willing to give the Amazing Spider-Man another shot, another look at to see like, was I? Wrong, or did I? Am I missing something with this they were movie? Just heavily biased, or did, was I just heavily biased? I mean, were, yeah, yeah. Well, because a lot of people like the first thing they see of something instead of you know. Yeah. Well, now I have said actually, before. it's a good idea that we fucking do a double feature at some point: the fly and the and the amazing <laughs> spider man. Mark it. It's on tape. We got it. Uh, <laughs> real quick, just uh, with Tom's comment. Um, I, the whole reason I think that I liked the first trilogy of the Spider-Man was because of they, they were I've said this before because they're Sam Raimi films. You know I I don't know enough about the comic to like the the uh, how accurate it is to the comic, but I like the idea that it's like a Sam Raimi you know like monster movie almost you know like the Evil Dead series. Um, that being said, I guess I I. This really isn't very controversial. I, I I also like the Amazing Spider-Man too, but because maybe more of the what everyone else liked the fact that it was more of the Spider-Man character, you know. Yeah, I mean, I just I like Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. I thought it was lighthearted. I thought it was funny, and I mean that's why I like the Sam Raimi stuff. I thought it was like kind of goofy and almost silly, and and you know just that fantasy e- and just that Evil like, Dead style. Yeah. I mean, that. 
And, like, Bruce Campbell was in it, and kind of doing just, like, a little funny little cameo roles. I thought Spider-Man wasn't funny at all, and I thought he should have been the funniest character in the whole movie. He really didn't have funny lines. And, and you know, in the comic book, they've always said he's funny to throw his villains off. You know, that's why he cracks jokes the whole time, is because it's just, villains aren't expecting it when they're fighting to have a dude, you know, saying all sorts of jive shit to him, making fun of him, and... Whatever, you know, it gets them angry, they can't focus, and, you know, I, when I first started watching Sam Raimi's, I thought when he was in the uh, wrestling ring, I was like, when he made the joke about, uh, oh, that's a cute uniform, did your boyfriend make that for you? I was like, sweet, this Spider-Man is going to be funny, but that was like really the only joke he made, uh-huh. like in the whole movie, there was the one joke to establish that he was funny, yeah, yeah. and then they really didn't do it, then same thing with uh, the technology, they really didn't focus on Peter being a science whiz in the Sam Raimi movies, which to me is like, almost like Tony Stark, Iron Man. You know, that is part of Peter Parker's personality that makes up who he is. That is how, as a superhero, that's how he, he fights with his brain. Isn't that why Tony well Stark and and, and uh, Spider Peter Parker get along? Like, I mean, well, for it, sure, they it, can all, it, yeah, Avenger that's why, form? Yeah, they definitely see eye to eye because they're scientists, you know. They got... You know, that sort of personality, and that makes up who their personality is, and the Sam Raimi's just, you know, all all, all Sam Raimi's movies did was have the lovesick, you know, Peter Parker, just the lovesick. Yeah, but I see, see that, you know, that's like, I take that as the way that Sam Raimi saw the character. I mean, that's what he wanted to get out of it. That's when, when he looked back at his childhood, that's what he saw Spider-Man as. These are the, the things that he wants to bring out of it. You know, I mean, I guess that's going back to what you said, Brent, about, you know, it being a Sam Raimi film. I mean, yeah, I totally got that. I mean, when when they came out, I, I liked them, you know, but it was, you know, you go see them and you're like, yeah, I mean, this is cool, but, like, I don't want to actually, like, buy it because I want to see this movie over and over again. <laughs> right. I was like, I saw it, and, it, yeah, it's, it's okay, and, you know, it's awesome. But the new one, when I was watching that one in the theater, and again, I haven't bought that one either, but I mean, when I saw the new one in the theater, I was like, this one I like. I, I like it a lot more than I like those old ones. And, you know, I don't know. Uh, and you know. So maybe it's because, yeah, well, again, it's you liked watching a Sam Raimi flick with the first three, but this one's more like getting into the storyline. Yeah, that could be it, too, because just knowing that Sam Raimi, because I think that's almost like what you said. It was like, I liked the first one because I knew it was a Sam Raimi movie, because I like Sam Raimi. But, you know, I don't like his other stuff. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of The Gift, you know. Or, <laughs> what about know? A Simple Plan? <laughs> well, A Simple Plan, that's you know, I thought yeah. that was a good movie, but, like, I don't have a burning desire to ever watch really? it again. Really? Um, no, well, I mean, that's one well, of my favorite, like, sus- well, I wouldn't call it suspense. It's just a heavy, like, dark drama, yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. good one. It, and that actually seems like a Coen Brothers movie to me. It feels in, in really a, In a weird way. Actually, that, you know, now that I'm thinking about <laughs> it's it. It's like a like, Tim Burton Coen Brothers. Yeah, like, you know, now yeah, that I'm thinking about it, it's like Sam Raimi and the Coen Brothers, like, started out together. Maybe that's why that's, like, together in my mind. Because, like, Blood Simple and all those, like, back in those days, like, Sam Raimi was a part of that hmm. uh, that group, you know? Yeah. So maybe that's why I think it's like, right. that's his Coen Brothers movie. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. So I think with the first three, you're dealing uh. with, uh, you know, you have a very talented man directing and making these films. And then also with the new one, you have, uh, obviously, Spider-Man is a, 
amazing character because he has, you know, he's one of the most popular. Well, I also have a bias against the actor who played Spider-Man in the second one. I have to say the same thing with the same ring. I hate Tony McGuire. Like he's I, a horrible I, I, actor. I really... Tom, do you mean... James Garfield? I really Andrew, did, Andrew do Garfield. not Andrew like Garfield, Andrew Garfield at all. Like, just... What have you seen him in prior to? What, what, uh, what? Social networking. Like, I fucking hated that okay, dude. Okay, I saw that guy <laughs> in a movie. I saw a movie called... It was uh, There's these three movies called Red Riding. Oh, and you yeah, there, well, there's Red Riding. They're like these British movies. They're uh, it's Red Riding, 1970, 80, and then 81. Uh, uh, I think it's even more modern than that. Really? Each one of it's kind of cool because each one of them's done like the first one's done on film. I think the second one's done on like you know video, and the new one's done on like high def. Huh. You know, but uh, they're all about a ser- serial killer that operated in Britain in this one town like for many years, and the 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 uh, the police were so corrupt that they just couldn't actually catch the real killer. Uh, Andrew Garfield was in the first one. He was a journalist. That's the first time I saw him. And this was long before they announced, like, he was going to be Spider-Man. So, like, I saw this guy, and it's, like, his name's Andrew Garfield. And it's like, okay. And, like, that guy's pretty good. And then, like, the next thing you hear is, like, Andrew Garfield is up for the role of Spider-Man. And you're like, what the fuck is that going to be like? I mean, like, there's well, this British guy. And, yeah, I, like, saw him in, I saw good. him in Social Network. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was, yeah, like, he was fucking in, yeah. hated that dude. So he was such was a character. He was supposed to character. Yeah, yeah he... he I guess he's I mean, doing such can, a great job that I, could say I, I hate, totally hate it. I hate Denzel Washington because he's been in like 50 movies. And it's like, nah, if I just hate how he acts, you know? <laughs> so I, I got the same that. thing about Dennis Quaid. I, I got some oh, like thing. It will not weird. allow me to like, like a Dennis <laughs> uh, I, I, I got the same thing about Joaquin Phoenix, you know? He did such a great job as a villain in The Gladiator that I permanently hate the man. But, I mean, that's something that, you know, that's a talent. That I mean, it, it is a talent, but, you know, it like, permanently, like, I hate you forever. Because you played such a douche. You were so good, though. You were so good in The Gladiator that I permanently hate you. That's great. All right, well, not to divert this conversation, but... But Biff... Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Biff, man, it's phenomenal. All right, yeah, so that's oh Thomas God. Thomas Wilson. Okay, so like after Back to the Future, I'm like, where in the fuck did Thomas Wilson go? I was a, a pretty hardcore PC gamer in the early <laughs> '90s. I saw I played uh, Wing Commander Three, where he played uh, Maniac opposite Mark Hamill. Right? Was Malcolm so, McDowell in that one? Malcolm McDowell was in, yeah. And so there's three that I think Biff shows up in. There's uh, hey, Wing Butthead. Commander 3, Wing <laughs> Commander 4, Price of Freedom, and Wing Commander Prophecy. Well, I know he also does a good gig as a stand-up comedian because I was... Yeah, uh, but he's like always on. When I like looked at the uh, the back the, the making of uh, stuff on Wing Commander, it's like he's one of those guys who's always on. He's always performing. Like in his private life, it seems like... He's always like trying to be funny. What's he Thomas trying Wilson. to hide? Yeah, exactly. That's what it comes <laughs> off. What does he like, want? Yeah, this no. guy's like uh, for for our listeners. I'm sorry, but he was also the gym teacher in Freaks and Geeks. Holy yeah, oh, he was really good in Freaks and Geeks. You still haven't yeah. seen Freaks and Geeks, no, right? Dude, John Abbott's best. Freaks like a television Geeks, show. Yeah, yeah. TV, thirteen episodes, one season, <laughs> dude. Every star that is big now comes from that show, dude. Yeah, Jason Segel, Seth Rogen, James Franco. 
James Franco. James Franco. Spider-Man. Dude, uh, Judd Apatow's best. Yeah. Judd Apatow's best. Everybody should watch Freaks and Geeks. It's I, a shame. Yeah. I've yet come. to watch like the whole season, but I've seen some episodes and... It is pretty phenomenal. Oh, it's phenomenal. Like, who has time to go back and watch all this shit? There's, it, only, there's only like... It is currently... You have time to make a list of sci-fi movies just because well, other I people say they're going to watch movies you don't like. I watched Colin, it is currently on Netflix. the Vampire Slayer. It is on... Every episode... Because I was convinced yeah. that I had Watch missed it. something. You did. Not having seen... Well, yeah, see, I good. went back and I watched that entire good. show. Like, what, ten years after it was relevant. You gotta start watching Because everybody Red has these fucking references to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because it changed the history of television. In television. Yeah, because until that point, most television, it didn't matter what order you played episodes in. Buffy really had that, no, you know, we're doing this big... Season arc where all 26 about? episodes. <laughs> yeah. No, Buffy was still standalone. That's what I'm episodes. talking about. They were still stand. What the hell? No, the like, whole season made up an entire about? story. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Yeah. The entire season made up an entire story for one of the first times in television history. They teach that in college now. Buffy the Vampire Slayer was one of the first people to, to do that. To make. Yeah, there's standalone stories. But all together, the 26 episodes make up, uh, you There's know... There's a big bad that eventually they're going to have to deal with. Yeah, like yeah, the and they touch episodes. on it, like, in every episode. I'm trying to think if, like, the X-Files did that or not. Because the X-Files had, like, well, the conspiracy uh, the episodes. Had the conspiracy stuff yeah, but maybe that wasn't contained. Yeah, maybe it's that wasn't like contained, French. like, one year. You, that's why yeah. Buffy changed things. Because Buffy made it to where... Yeah, no, our seasons are going to be so, you know... Didn't Buffy have Monster of the Week stuff, too? Yes, they definitely Well, that's did. what I'm saying. There was there was the, there was the Monster like. of the Week, <laughs> and then there was the, char- the well, character yeah. story carried on all throughout the season, and the Monster of the Week kept it going. And a lot of times, the Monster of the Week had something to do with the Big Bad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's just like... Oh. That's just like how X Files and Fringe and but you can play X Files out of order. But any twenty four episode season usually operates with that formula. Because X Files would do like you know this is a a mythology episode. Then there's a standalone, standalone, standalone mythology episode, mythology episode, standalone, standalone mythology episode, standalone, standalone. It was kind of like that. So like you can't watch them out of order. Because there's a there's an overarching mythology that you had to pay attention to. It was like you know the aliens are invading and like Fringe is like that as yeah, well. Yeah, because the Fringe is basically like J.J. Abrams grew up watching the fucking X Files and was like, Man, it's crazy. Gonna make I watch, a, a I watch all these X-Files. special features and all these things. And then when I relay the information, everybody wants to call me a liar. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. You made that up. Well, I don't, no, I don't no, know. If you if you. Buffy <laughs> may have been the first. I mean, if that's what you're hearing, I'm, sa- I'm saying the first it's, yeah, it's cited as being like really said, like, inspirational in or influential. Three, in that sort here's of, uh, the bad guy. I think season three actually was the principal, and the bad big bad is going to no, be the, the principal. Mayor. The mayor. Sorry, what was the principal? Number two? two. Okay, okay. So number three was like the mayor, and at the end we're going to have to fight the mayor. Bam! And it's just getting there. He's going to call in faith. You're gonna have to fight with faith and 
college. This is all very good, but we didn't watch Buffy. No, we watched Back to the Future. We, so, we suck at this. Real quick. No, <laughs> no, no, we had no, a no, long no. segment on Spider-Man. <laughs> this is good. This is good. This you is guys better. questioned my this knowledge on Buffy. Well, in the description, you're just going to have to write, like, we talk about Back to the Future, Spider-Man. We watched, guys, we watched the Back The miracle the future. that is and Predator, Robert Zemeckis. my favorite thing about this movie. I, That's I, right. I, there's I, a link between Back to the Future and Predator. Who knows what it is? And we'll let the listeners decide. I know. Um, okay, so I might be the bad guy here, but I just I'm gonna keep us on track since yeah. it was my choice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Do it. So we're gonna go around the table right now, and Colin, uh, what stands out as your favorite scene from Back to the Future? Holy crap! I know. I put you on the spot. Yeah, I know. Yeah, favorite scene. Yeah. Uh, the one that like. Uh, 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 you guys can then be thinking. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, I guess, is the hoverboard. You know, like him, or not the hoverboard, sorry, the skateboard, where he comes out of the diner, and uh, that whole chase through Hill Valley's town square that ends with the manure truck. Just I mean, it's just it's a cool scene, but I don't think that's my favorite. That's just the first thing <laughs> that came, that came favorite, to mind. But it's you very know, it's, it's very important. In, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. I, I, otherwise, I'd sit here for ten minutes going like, hey, let me let me think about that. Right. I don't know. It's it's super important to the trilogy. Uh, yeah, because they use that scene in multiple. Like, well, there's so many moments in Back to the Future that are that are mirrored. Yeah. yeah, right. Which is kind of what makes that trilogy interesting. You know, it's like <laughs> there's always like 1955, 2000. And, you know, I was always history Marty waking up. So. With, yeah. yeah. Now, <laughs> all right, that's a good that's answer. Good old. When we were watching it, I made a mental note that. Uh, you, you you mentioned something about the music early on about the march. It's right before the Libyans show up, and it's the yeah dun, 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 yeah dun, they're doing the, dun, it's dun, the dun, Back dun, to the Future dun, dun, theme, but it's done in a march uh, type uh, uh, orchestration because the uh, the composer who did the movie his name's Alan Silvestri. He does like the Predator theme, and yeah. I'm trying to think of like what other films that Alan Silvestri has done where he does a march like that, and I can't think of it. Yeah, but I mean, uh, what, like, did that that scene? It's interesting that that scene didn't come out to you as the most important because, like, tonight uh, I've seen the movie a million times, but tonight I was like, you know, that march is such a like a distinctive movie score. It says up a suspense that you know something bad's going to happen, yeah. and then the Libyans show up. Yeah, and then you don't hear that music again until the end. And I don't think, mm-hmm. honestly, until tonight, I don't think I realized that it doesn't come back until there's... Well, Travis didn't notice it until tonight. There was a fucking Twin Pines and Alone. Yeah, that's one of the best gigs. Okay, so we'll go to Travis. What was your favorite scene? Man... As a kid, I always liked the Earth Angel song. Yeah? Always. Yeah. Well, because the Earth Angel, <laughs> this is something that That's I like the best part. He's, the he's Earth starting Angel. to fucking fade away. That's freaky as fuck. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then, you know. But the version they do, like, ends with that kind of, like, the actual, like, them, the band playing gives way to this, like, swell on the uh, the score, the orchestral score. It picks up. You know, from like the notes, and then goes off onto this, and it, yeah, it washes out into like the actual Back to the Future theme, yeah. which is 
And it makes the right. singer of the band really happy. <laughs> <laughs> Marvin, yeah, very Marvin Berry. Marvin Berry. Another thing I didn't really... Uh, that's yes. a perspective of the film that I didn't really look at before. But. All right, Tom, uh, you're next. Uh, my favorite part of the movie is probably the, the beginning sequence with the clocks and then the, well, the opening like, shot. Like when he opens, like the... That's an awesome opening. Yeah, that was. Like, when, you know, when he... Just the clocks and the whole thing with the... You know, the skateboard running up against the plutonium. And then the, you know, like, You mean it's 825? Damn, I'm late for school! <laughs> and then it, like, busts into the power law. And, like, that whole, like, him sketching on the back cars. Yeah, cop awesome. cars, police that, cars. Like, that, that is just, that's probably my favorite part of the movie. Cool. Well, I'm, like, totally looking over uh, all Alan Silvestri scores, and I don't know which... Other movie aside from Predator, which was eighty seven. He did Predator like a hundred and ten movies. Though. Yeah, yeah, but cool. I mean, like that I can I can recall that March. You know, it was like he was practicing it in Back to the Future for Predator. You know, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like funny. looking at the rest of it, and it's like you know Who Framed Roger Rabbit on the Abyss. Like there's no there's no marches going on there. Ricochet, that's a great Denzel Washington movie. Castaway has a great score, but I don't think there's no a march marches. I don't think. I don't know. Did he do Flight? Uh, he did. I think he's done every. Uh, hold on, hold on. We're gonna find out. Yeah, he did. He's done. He did the Avengers too. He's done really? every uh, and Captain America. Did he do Roger Rabbit? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Every Roger. That's Zemeckis. the best score ever. Roger Rabbit for sure. Just that. Best Just score the opening ever. that that that. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the best. I can't even hear that. Anymore. Oh my god, really? Yeah, it's you? been too long. No. Yeah. Oh my god, that's I have it on DVD. I just I can't recall it. That's the buzz. Yeah. You're gonna say it's better than like Star Wars, which I can hear right now in my mind. John Williams. Yeah. Superman. Superman's yeah, a fucking amazing e. ending. E. I do that. Indiana Jones. Close Encounters. Close Encounters. Yeah. No, that's John Williams, man. I can't hear the opening of Indiana Jones. No, just the theme. I'm talking about like I'm talking about the opening. I'm talking about how to start a movie going into a movie. The credit of the opening credit of Roger Rabbit, just how the music comes in with the Who Framed Roger Rabbit logo, it just gives you that feeling like yeah, this is gonna be some crime noir like. Cartoon. <laughs> I do remember being appreciative of the fact that Alan Silvestri scored Young Guns 2, because Young Guns 1 had a not very memorable score. Not that I'm saying that Young Guns 2 had a better one, but there's... <laughs> you bad talking Young, Young Guns 1? Young Guns 2 had a better score. Them fighting words right there. <laughs> You're making enemies. <laughs> uh, so... Okay, uh, what was my question going to be about Roger well, Rabbit? Well, what's your favorite scene? Yeah, your favorite scene from Back to the Future. I mean, Since it's you. your favorite movie of all time. Oh. Put on the spot. I don't know. Oh, wait a second. Okay. Are you serious? No, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, okay, so uh, the, like the point, I think, like I said, when I first saw it in the theater, I had no idea that it was going to be my favorite film. I mean, whoever knows that when you first see a movie, like you got to let it sink in. And you gotta get older. I was five years old, for God's sakes. But um, I remember a point when I was like, "This is it. This is the movie." For and me, this is the movie. I'm gonna spend the rest of my wait, life. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, <laughs> stop right there. Okay. You're gonna tell me right now. This is what you're about to say. I keep on hitting this thing. You're gonna say that while you're you're five years old, 
And no, he was older than five. He was older. I'm five years old. This was the moment. This was the moment that, moment that he, he realized when I realized that this was my favorite movie of yeah. all time. Let, wait, let me explain that better. When I was five years old, it was like the experience that I liked, but I didn't know that it was my favorite movie. He had to wait for the whole trilogy right. to be complete. Really quick, then your fr- your first movie was Back to the Future yes. in the theater. That Travis, first movie in the theater. I am told by my mother it was Wizard of Oz, but my recollection is Superman 4. All right, How old Tom, are you? first movie in the Recollections, E.T. Shit, my first movie, I think, was, it was either, oh, man. I think it was, like, The Great Muppet Caper. Fuck. That can't be it, because I saw, <laughs> I saw Empire shit. Strikes Back You're in the old. theater, and that was 80... I saw it there an a, there's like an aged man here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Travis Sears was Wizard of Oz. Maybe it was. I think it was Great Muppet Caper. It was maybe Wizard's movie. Okay, so anyway, uh, Brent. Okay, so, well, uh, basically, um, I want to say, like, obviously I liked it. And it's interesting Travis should say Wizard of Oz because that was my sister's favorite movie growing up. But, but to see that in the That was a lot of girls' that's... favorite movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, living in that. Germany, if you're on an army base, you know, they don't play, you know, they play whatever movies, you yeah. know, they don't whatever. I just know Superman 4 was new at the time, you know, when I saw it, because you need Superman, there, sir? I don't remember yes, what year please, Superman 4 was, but I'm sure it was like 87 or something like that. I don't know when I was watching it, but I was like, this is it. This the, is it. The moment was this when the march me. comes back. At you know, like that yeah, whole yeah. thing. And when it's like Doc has this task to take care of, which is to, you know, re hook up the wires so that the lightning can actually strike the clock tower and send Marty back to the future. But also Marty is, you know, dealing with his own situation because he wants Doc to know that he uh, I can't has to tell you protect about the future. <laughs> Travis will do the audio. <laughs> I gotta tell you about the future <laughs> on the night that you go back. <laughs> so my my favorite film right, in Back one. to the Future was. He's not gay, man. <laughs> the, my my favorite scene from Back to the Future is. When <laughs> Doc has to go up and rehook up the wires to the clock tower, and then it goes down to the street, and then so that Marty can go back in time. Uh, and then the music is playing in the march, and the do 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 do. And that I I don't know. I mean, at that point, you're like, wow, this is all you know tying together, and this is like, of I, I don't know, of most films I see, the like the the climax of the film is never like that. Crazy, you know. One of my favorite parts is when he goes like, "Damn, damn, 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 damn." (laughs) Yes, and it has that musical like wind up too. It's like, (laughs) damn, 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 and he's got like three watches. Yeah, Yeah. I really think what made Back to the Future famous though was the end when the car lifts up the tires and flies away. I mean, that really. 
That, yeah, like, that's what made it famous? Oh, uh, yeah. I, like, as a kid, I remember that. The, Dude, that's I remember the image like, of, like, oh, my God, I can't believe the car just flew was away. Like, <laughs> that was one of those things I remember trying to draw that logo oh, for with, sure. the, like, the colors and all that. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I had know. a lunchbox of the DeLorean yeah, with, the we- with, the, yeah. with the wheels up flying. I tried drawing I, the poster. That's, like, one of the first things like I ever tried drawing. Yeah. I had a Return of the Jedi lunchbox. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Tin. <laughs> <laughs> Aluminum. And like so, in grade school, yeah. like my my locker buddy also had a Return of the Jedi lunchbox. Like you know how you had like share lockers with dudes in grade school. Do we have that? I don't remember. I don't know. Yeah. Well, oh. I had to, right? Yeah. And uh, we both had the same lunch pail. Return whoa, of the Jedi. Whoa. Yeah. And so like we for confusion right there. Yeah, I know. So like I would put mine in with like Java side out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> to like differentiate. Yeah. yeah. So do you think that like okay, so the name that keeps popping up through all of our childhood favorite films is Steven Spielberg. Do you think that people have like kids nowadays have a like a, a filmmaker like that? Like one name? It's like do we know kids nowadays? I would say Pixar. Does anybody know any kids nowadays? I would say Pixar. I probably would say Pixar. But no, like like filmmakers though, like like I know Pixar. Brad Bird. I like Brad Bird. You know, he did the Incredible. You know, but do kids? Mission Impossible. Are kids like yeah, for sure. Well, I think I think I think I think kids would associate. He did like two movies. Iron Giant, The Incredible, and Mission Impossible. Ratatouille. Oh shit, that's Ratatouille. Yeah. So right. yeah, dude, dude's like been kids. in it, in yeah. shit. Let's say like kids from like two thousand to two thousand. Does it mean like like Disney you, is Pixar, but kids would say Pixar? Yeah, like yeah. so. Not if you're a kid and you're starting to realize that like there's people who make these movies. Yeah, there's and, like, people. Because at some point, at some point, right, all of if us. If you're interested in movies, right. Well, I guess that's the thing that I'm, I'm getting at. That if you're interested in movies, at some point you became aware that there are like there's like. There's a person whose vision or something. It's like there's a person making this movie. Like you became aware of this name, well, I don't George think it, Lucas. I don't think it's Steven Spielberg, Spielberg anymore because the last kids movie Spielberg made was uh, Tintin. I mean that was last well, it's year, not but Spielberg I mean, anymore because he's not doing yeah, anything J. groundbreaking. Yeah, but is it or is it probably JJ? Yeah. Yeah, but Star Trek and Super 8 and, I don't know, uh, yeah, successful kinda, with Cloverfield. I mean, like, it's a marketed name, J.J. Abrams. It is. I keep seeing Guillermo del Toro's name marketed. He, I mean, he's going to come out with Pacific Rim, and that's going to be a big oh, hit with man, kids. Oh, giant monsters I cannot versus wait. Robots. giant robots. I can't kids wait. are going to go fucking crazy. I'm going to go crazy. Well, in, the, in the late <laughs> 90s, early 2000s, it was uh, Jerry Bruckheimer was, like, unstoppable. Yeah, but, right. Yeah. Well, yeah, Lone Ranger looks Brockheimer. awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah as far as, like, there's a name associated the with this... But, but like, I don't know, kids. I don't know. We have to ask kids. I don't know yeah, if people don't like know. make so a big kids, deal out of kids. If you're out there, anymore. do a hashtag Saturday Night Freak Show. If you're out and there, let go to us bed. know like who are who your favorite, your uh, yeah, your influential directors and producers and of the last like 15 years are. But that's the thing. You don't know it at the time, so maybe my question is irrelevant because like it took me, you know, 
25 years to realize that, like... Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess like, yeah, but I mean, like, more to the point, like, you, uh, like, uh, I became very aware of this recently with the release of Flight. Like, you are a Robert Zemeckis <laughs> devotee, like... Robert like, Zemeckis, if you're listening to this, my phone number is... He sleeps in the news. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, you're really, really, like, at the... Worshipping at the altar of Robert Zemeckis. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you know, I mean, because I He's got those... He's a lot guys, of great movies. You know, they they like, those early movies you see as a kid, you know? Yeah. But yeah. I mean, like... So was Flight really that good? I mean, like... Flight was, like, better than I could... Like, I imagined a movie that Flight was, and it was something completely different. Wow. Yeah, it was very different. But like, see, I went and saw it with you. Yeah. Seeing the trailers for Flight, I'm like, yeah, it looks good, but kind of, you know, yeah. All right, so Flight, okay, so this is a non, non-Robert non Zemeckis devotee, so this is where we're going to have some words after this. Okay. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We're going to find out. Uh, okay, so... Uh, it was very non. It was a very non Robert Zemeckis movie to me. <laughs> like the 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 reasons for why he chose that movie to be his first movie after ten years in I mean, we can't say exile and you know in in stop motion uh, or sorry a motion capture. He was yeah. trying something that you know fringe and cutting edge, which is cool. Yeah. You know, I mean, I like well, what Beowulf he did. The and, uh, and the Christmas Carol yeah. and Polar Express, right? I like those. Yeah. So he comes back to live action, and instead of doing something like, uh, you know, I mean, Castaway was a, that I think was a, you know, that was a physical uh, challenge to every to the production, you know, right. to actually go off and do this. I think What Lies Beneath was a challenging movie to actually make, you know, to try and do something in the style of Hitchcock, but you got all these crazy, like, camera, you know, like, because Zemeckis is known, especially, like, I keep thinking of shots from Contact and uh, What Lies Beneath is they're, like, they're very uh, uh, technically proficient, you know, and, like, what he's able to do with the camera and doing these trick shots that you don't even realize are trick shots until somebody points it out. They're like, hey, did you notice she ran down the hallway into a mirror that you probably shouldn't have been... Like, you were in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, you didn't even see it. Right. You know? You're there in the was, floorboards. Yeah. As far as I can tell, I mean, because I, I guess that's what I was promised. You know, or, or, that wasn't what I was promised. That's what I expected from Flight. And you go and see Flight, and Flight is a very, like, movie of the week... Uh, you know, and that's a reference to like old television, uh, you know, shows that they would do like on Monday nights or whatever. It's like, here's a story about the drunk. And that's basically what Flight is. It's a story about a, a drunk guy. Spoiler alert. Sorry, yeah, spoilers. It's in the trailer. Yeah, it's in the trailers. It, but it's gr- it, the thing that makes it uh, very cinematic is the. Uh, the the sequence where the plane is in trouble. They were just trying to make money off of the whole Hudson thing. That's all that movie no, is. No, it's, it's more than that. that. It's more than that because yeah. that's, yeah, that's like what a, I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, that's a little bit of the movie where like he's you know the then plane's in trouble and the way that they shot it like I I mean I don't know at this point I haven't looked into the movie I haven't obsessed over it or anything so but there are shots in that movie that make me think that they put Denzel Washington up in a mo- in a in a plane. And we're, we're doing some crazy, uh, you know, uh, tilts with it and, sh- and shit while they were filming it. You know, kind of like Apollo 13, where they put them in the, the vomit comet or whatever. Right. There's shots where it just looks like it's real. 
where he's like, you know, actually in a plane that's tilting, you know, and doing <laughs> yeah. all this stuff. So it's like, okay, so you got that. And then the rest of the movie is a uh, fairly movie of the week kind of uh, dealing with, like, you know, how alcohol is bad for you. I say this, it's ironic because I'm drinking right now. Yeah, well, uh, we're drinking. all drinking, yeah, man. Right. We're uh, all pretty much drunk here. But the, the thing that, 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 uh, that I noticed about that movie is, like, it, it has these very pointed uh, observations of what Dr- like crazy drunk uh, alcoholism uh, yeah. behavior is. I mean, because I've seen it, you know, firsthand. And this movie had it. And then it, you're like, okay, so, you know, what was it that attracted uh, Robert Zemeckis to want to make this movie? He's a drunk. I don't know. <laughs> like, is he a drunk or he knows a drunk? Or, you know, and that was the kind of it's, thing. I was like, yeah. what? I mean, because you're a big, you know, director. And, like, this is, I've been making these uh, motion capture movies for and doing Christmas Carol and, uh, you know, and, like, I can come back and do, like, whatever, big special effects movies. I come back and want to do Flight, which is a movie about the... A drunk guy, you know, like dealing yeah. with in the depths of you know alcoholism. It's like, what makes you want to do that? I think that either uh, Denzel Washington or Robert Zemeckis know some, you know, pretty, well, you know, some alcoholic. <laughs> they got some alcoholic friends or something that they're like drawing off of. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's very possible. And I think that that could be, you know, what influenced them to make the film because it is, it's like a very realistic portrayal of somebody that is like in the depths of alcoholism, like to the point where like, like the, the everyday, unless you're at that point, you're like, holy shit, how is this guy still alive or how is this guy still But that's the question, is like, is it entertaining, like for, I mean, is this like, this is where you go after like, I mean, you've made Back to the Future, you've made Romancing the Stone, you've made, you know, Who uh, Framed Roger Rabbit, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Castaway, you know. But I think it's his closest film, and this is going to sound crazy, but it's his closest film to Forrest Gump because what Forrest Gump did on a bigger spectrum was it dealt with people that had different addictions, you know, and different problems in their life. You dealt with Jenny, who, you know, she had her family issues with her father. And it dealt with Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan, who after, you know, he... After he was pulled out of his destiny of dying in the war, then he had to deal with clearly alcoholism and you know religion issues, and it, like Forrest Gump was your vehicle driving through these like serious human dramas, which each one of them could be like you say like a movie of the week. Mm-hmm. It was just all kind of thrown into this gigantic film, you know, like this huge spectrum. And I think that what they did, I th- I think the like from like a filmmaking point of view I think that the attraction to this film is is the uh, the acting you know I mean like this oh is like yeah, you can I mean sink your teeth into a film that it's a, it's an actor's film yeah. any director is going to be in you know for the actor and if if you have your hands on somebody like Denzel Washington who is you know I think he's pretty talented after this film mm. Travis probably no. Disagree, <laughs> but you but haven't seen Flight. I mean, like, I'm not going like, to see Flight. I'm going to put that right. out there. Like see, that's that's actually that is the kind of <laughs> yeah, but that's the reaction that I expect the person to have after hearing what Flight is actually about. 
Like the trailer. Like I said, like, the trailer says it right there. Yeah, once you actually see it, it's like it does. You're like, it's like he was drunk. It does. The trailer just yeah. is like I got this. So what's your what's your not having seen the movie? I haven't, so I, I haven't seen the movie. Okay, yet. So it's what the whole thing. The whole okay. I've not seen the movie. How's and the this movie is what the go? movie is about. This is okay, spoiler warning. This isn't a spoiler warning okay. because yeah. I've never seen the I know, movie. But I'm gonna, I've only I'm seen the trailer and I'm only okay. So the guy. The guy is flying the plane, right? Something happens, and he's got to do this crazy move, and he saves the day and saves everybody on it. But then they find out that he was drunk when it happened. So, did the was the cause of the accident him being drunk, or did he save it, save the people because he was drunk? I don't. I mean, I don't know about that part, but still, it's just like, oh my god, it's gonna be this big like fight for his like career and his like addiction or whatever. Uh, yeah, I just... He's uh, going to lose his family. I from a mile oh, yeah, away. Yeah, how's it going to end? Uh, what's the end? Yeah. I actually thought that was the thing about it. Like, when it actually got to the, the end, to the resolution, yeah. I thought that was disingenuous. Because... Yes. <laughs> when That's my happened, only problem. I'm film, like, yeah. I do not believe that this... Because, I mean, it, any type of movie like that is going to be a, a redemption story, right? The... The idea, the the thing that that elevates it is like, well, we have to suffer through all this shit of this guy being this like absolute ass because at the end he's gonna redeem himself over something and he's gonna save himself. Basically, I mean, it's like some kind of like Christian Catholicism, uh, you know, Judeo Christian thing. Right, he's gonna give up alcohol, re- get there's reunited with like, his family. Yeah, there's yeah. some. Saving moment. Otherwise, why would we be here? It's just we're getting yeah, exactly. You know, you know, and it's like because his character. You're watching this movie. It's like and his his character is like. There's nothing you can do. The guy is a fucking alcoholic. Yeah. No matter you know, it's like you can talk all day to him. He can understand what you're saying and like yeah, I don't want to. I want to you know not ha- partake in this. He's gonna do it because he has to fucking do it. He has to. That's who he is. And at the end, he does something that's out of character in order to save himself. What does he... It sucks that you guys are talking about this, and you're not going to actually talk about the movie. <laughs> Sorry, okay, so... Right, I'm going <laughs> to go to the restroom, and you guys are going to talk about Back to the Future. When I come back, it's all going to be, like, back on track. Back okay, so Colin makes some good points. I kind of want to hear how Flight ends, since we listened to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, I want to know. Now I want to fucking know. It's I, so I, I guess movie. you're gonna have to see the movie. But you know what? He didn't. Movie. He didn't give anything away well, that quits, Jimmy Fallon did You're gonna have to see the movie to find out, I suppose. All right. So let me ask you guys, okay? Because I think that uh, Travis wants to touch on this, and it's within the realm of Back to the Future. So we're going back to the Back to the Future, and Back to the Future is considered. It can be considered a science fiction film. Yeah, I was curious about this myself. Um, it can also be considered an adventure film. It can be considered a family film. It can be a comedy. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I can get we into the whole... Uh, the fact that we talked through the whole fucking movie? <laughs> yeah. We're rolling. I gotta go to the bathroom. All right. Go to the bathroom. So, uh, back right, to the future. All right, now we can bash Brent about <laughs> okay, well, this, back okay, to the this, future. Is this is, okay, this is a science fiction movie, and what Brent uh, pointed out before is that when he'd go rent this at the movie, th- uh, the movie store, it would be in the comedy section, right? It is a comedy, uh, but it's not funny. And uh, <laughs> it's not funny. Oh man! 
just because just because there's there's just because there's like two or three funny parts doesn't make a movie a comedy. Oh, comedy. There's horror comedy. movies with more it comedy is, than is, Back to the Future. It is not a comedy. It it's a family adventure it's sci-fi. Comedy. Comedy. Yeah, it's a comedy. Comedy. It's just I would. It's not I a fucking comedy. Comedy. I tell you, my what's the funniest part? There's like so Damn! No, what the fuck? Damn, Okay, the first one that I'm thinking is like, uh, they're sitting at the dinner table. Ten bucks, I want, do what? Yeah, there's that. There's just like, there's just stupid little, that's not funny. is a complete physical comedy actor. Like, everything that he does is mugging for. That's character, that's not comedy. I agree. A comedy, comedy, that's all. It doesn't make it a comedy movie. It's for comedic, it's to add character to the character. It's not, doesn't make it. But it's only stupid jokes, like, like, hey, this is a new one. This is a, talking about a, a fucking classic film. Wow, It's not a comedy. You, you're miss, you're putting things in the wrong genre. Oh, man. I don't know if that's true, dude. Uh, sure. I think maybe... Hey, dude, them's, them's fighting words right there. he's done it on more than one occasion. He calls King Kong and Clockwork Orange sci-fi movies. Those are not sci-fi movies. I would say Clockwork Orange, sci-fi. What King makes Kong, it sci-fi? I would, I would re, re... I would say... King, King Kong's Kong, a horror movie. King Kong... No, King it's Kong a was a sci-fi movie. No, it's a horror movie. Sci-fi. Just, it's horror. Just it because was it's not in history of sci-fi. Doesn't matter. Bam. It sci-fi. doesn't matter. You can't let other people generalize what your movies right, are. There. You gotta have history your of sci-fi. If you, if you grew, up, if you were seeing King Kong in 1930, hoo-ha! That was a horror movie. It was a horror movie. It wasn't a science fiction movie. That was a horror movie. No, no, okay. I, I disagree. Film. I'm sorry. I disagree. It's not, it was a horror movie. It was a sci-fi movie. Large Scary Apes was a horror thing back in 19... What what year was King Kong? 41? 33. 33? I, I want to point out... Fuck I want to point out when we were watching the history of sci-fi. I'm sorry. That the Wait, thing hold that on, we, hold on. Wait, we need some context. Okay. Okay, so Tom here and I, we have been watching, along with my wife and whoever else will join us, over the past... You know, like a couple of years, we've been doing a Wednesday night movie night. We started off with the history of Hammer film, Hammer vampires. Then we went through the history of uh, 80s, 80s uh, fantasy films. Then we went through the history of horror films, uh, you know, starting with Psycho on to the present day. It was all like contextual and like here is the fucking the whole, you know, whatever. Now we're on to the history of science fiction. And so we're up through Star Wars 1977. So what were you going to say? So the thing that I've learned about through the through, through watching the history of sci-fi chronologically that the thing that makes a sci-fi movie specifically is that they clearly define like they clearly go especially the older ones they clearly go into like here's like oh there's the scene where the dude always is like right <laughs> there's a scene where a guy basically explains exactly what's going on right the science of what we're doing like doc back to the future mm-hmm. back to the future's got it in king kong they do it they they clearly explain why they're doing why this ape is there and what's going on? I'm sorry. I'm just saying that if you were alive back then, it was a horror movie. King Kong was seen as a horror figure, a okay. horror icon. And what, and what was Godzilla? Godzilla started off as a horror icon, and it turned into a children's 
icon. Godzilla is clearly a sci-fi movie. They scientifically. Uh, okay, wait, 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 wait. I have, I have a question to ask right here about uh, to Tom because Tom has professed that he is not a horror fan at all. He had not seen any of the horror classics until we delved into the horror, uh, the history of horror film series for like a year. So, this I'm interested to hear this perspective. You consider uh, King Kong and Godzilla, they are science fiction movies because of... Just because you're specifically, looking past. Wait, wait. Specifically because each... Because science fiction films have a scene in which, like I keep thinking of like The Fly for some reason, where there was always a scene where the scientist, you know, somebody explains what the fuck is going on. Yeah, but you you classified The Fly as a horror movie, though. It wasn't. It wasn't. It, it was. It was in the history of horror. Well, it wasn't David the original. Cronenberg. Because we put them both in different. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You guys are so, going ape shit with this genre. Well, the Cronenberg one was a horror movie, and the the 50s one was a sci-fi movie. Yeah. But I don't see. That's not true, though. The Cronenberg one because doesn't have even that the sci-fi theme. one that was that was the atomic age of horror films. Horror movies were sci-fi movies back. then. I mean, they they crossbreeded. You know, they really did back then. Those were the horror films. The Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms. Uh, they, I, I, I guess I. I they did. They yeah, crossbreeded. Yeah. They. It was a different time. So just like we had the slasher movies, they had the giant monster science movies. Science was the freakiest thing right. happening at the time. That is what they related to horror. Like you watch a Dracula movie, what like you could say like, is Frankenstein a sci-fi movie or is it a horror movie? It's a horror movie. Is there the moment in Frankenstein where the somebody explains to you the science of what's going on? Yeah. No, there isn't really. No, there is. No, they just sold them together. That's yeah, it. because they, no, there is. The, the, there the is because there's is like, like so vague. It's like as long there's as that fucking even, crazy scene where the dude's got the little fucking people, man. That's in the sequel. Oh, and I there's still there. like no science there. He's just like I use science. I use lightning bolts. Yeah. Yeah, but see, the Frankenstein, the dude saying, but, I use science to create this but thing. Science, science doesn't necessarily I use science. sci-fi. And this is, why, this is my argument against Clockwork Orange. Being set in a future year does not make it sci-fi. Okay. There needs to be other elements regarding to be sci-fi. Just Have having a future date. Yeah. Everybody's seen right. Clockwork Orange, right? Everybody's seen Clockwork yeah. Orange. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't, it's like, you can't just say, like, it's the year 3248, and then it's a sci-fi movie, and if it's just about, like, meeting a girl and going to coffee and falling in love with the girl, you know, that's not a sci-fi movie. It may be the year 3248, but the fact that they're only meeting up you know, same thing with, like, Enemy Mine. Yeah, it's about a dude, an alien, crash landing on an asteroid having to survive together. But it's really about two people learning to live together. It's not anything really dude, to do with... that's what science fiction does. It does, it, it, yeah. It's tell you an allegory of something yeah, that's but I'm relevant saying, but, but to then why does, the why is Clock Records now. a sci-fi movie? Why? Well, again, because it's telling an allegory of stuff that's relevant to us now, which is, like, gangs and, like... The the no. propensity that the human being has for violence, but it's like. But so does Class of 1987. That's not a sci-fi. It's a sci-fi movie too. Ultra violence. Ultra violence. Well, well, well. Take 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 Back to the Future for instance, right? No. In the that. 1950s, right? Because um, Marty's dad, George McFly, was super into sci-fi, right? Right. 
And so she uses a plot device. Science fiction as a plot device. Yeah, but the the kid was also interested in sci-fi too. They went when they crashed into the barn. And he's yeah. like, "Look at this sci-fi magazine. This is yeah. an alien, Dad." Well, that's because the writers well, the are in the yeah the writers were in right. sci-fi. Well, even in college, that's why they came the up with that whole idea. But they, like they the classified sci-fi. sci-fi as creatures from outer space. So outer space. Yeah. So E.T. is a sci-fi movie. That's what I'm saying. It's very yeah. hard, though, general, like, because there's things... I was, then E.T. is a sci-fi uh, movie. I just watched Men in Black 3, right? Sci-fi. And... Bam! Yeah, exactly. It's like it had aliens, time travel, even though it's really, like, a family comedy adventure. You know? It's really not, like, focusing on any real, you know... It's just right? like... Yeah, but family yeah, that, comedy... Yeah, that is quote, tough. Unquote, is is Men in Black genre. 3 a sci-fi movie? What? It's, it's hard to fan, say. Family, family comedy is not a genre of film. Fantasy I don't think that is. a genre. And you know what? I, I say fantasy does not involve science, but Superman involves science. So, it's, uh, right, so this one is really coming down This is really what it's coming down to. That's what it's coming down to. I think Superman is a science fiction. The argument between You think Superman is a science fiction story, and I think it is a... Hero fantasy story. I say it's is a hero fantasy. Hero fantasy. Is, hero fantasy uh, wish is that a genre? Hero fantasy? Because uh, science uh, fiction. Fantasy. Okay, here's what I action got as far fantasy. as. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's an action film. You're right, Tom. It's an okay, action well, film. Okay, well, when it still comes out and they got more effects to do the sci fi aspects of Superman, then will it turn into There's a no sci fi? What is Iron Man? He comes what is Superman? Planet. Hold on I can a give you a million reasons right now on how Superman is a sci fi Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me lay this out and you come at me. Okay, here we go. I think science fiction, okay, is taking something that's that's improbable and making it possible. And Superman doesn't do that on no, any level. What, listen, because fantasy is taking the impossible and making it probable. So a man from space who comes down and he's like the red son of Krypton, like has some kind of property out of like this is ridiculous shit. That is ridiculous. That is what science. It is science. It is science. It is. It's totally science because okay, if you're dealing with the 1930s Superman, he's more powerful because Krypton. Krypton was a was a was a much bigger planet than the Earth. So when he got to Earth. The gravity was so, you know, dense. This, this, it is, made this is pseudoscience. I mean, this is just something. All sci-fi like, is pseudoscience until someone comes along and make it reality. When Star Trek like, started coming up with shit, like, cell, you know, the, the teleporters and the blood, that's all bullshit. It's all bull. It's imagination. It takes years for people to make it a reality because that's what imagination does. Well, you, you get imagination, make that a reality. then science. You could make that a reality. Conceivably, I don't know. Physical, you can't. You can't make Superman a reality. You can't make. It's Superman just a not possible. Exactly. Uh, there's still plenty of sci-fi movies that you can't but make you a reality make unless you Star have Trek like. A reality. Well, you need aliens. So first, you have to hope that there's aliens to make your sci-fi movie possible. Yeah, but you're using then, uh, what's it? Uh, oh shit, I can't remember. But the Superman. Superman's an alien, but he's not really. He's a no, human. He, no, he's not a human. He's, he's a Superman, dude. Just because he—that's a name. You're not. He's a, a Superman. <laughs> he's a Kryptonian. He's an alien. He's not a. He's not a Kryptonian. He's a Superman. Well, he's born and raised in like a farm in but Midwest. It doesn't matter. That's a personality. That's not genetics. That's not DNA. The guy's a fucking alien. He's Superman. 
All right, so real quick for the listeners, let's get down to brass tacks here. Uh, what exactly are we arguing about? Are we arguing about the definition of a science fiction? I think so. About yeah. the definition of a science fiction yeah. movie. What makes a science fiction story All right. science fiction? Yeah, Colin, first. Sorry, Travis, you'll be next. What makes? What's the definition of a science fiction film? Well, I think I that's it. I think I think uh, the definition of a science fiction. If you have something that's improbable, science fiction makes it possible. But fantasy is like something completely different because fantasy takes something that's impossible and makes it probable. That's fantasy. Science fiction is taking something that's improbable, you know, and making that possible. Okay. Fair enough. Travis? My <laughs> argument is Wait, that whoa, 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 wait. What's what's the definition of a science fiction film? Or a science fiction? To me, science fiction can deal with a number of things, but they all they all don't have to relate to each other. You're either dealing with with alien beings or, you know, outer space in some capacity. You're dealing with time travel or dimension hopping. You're dealing with physics, so not even, you know, you don't necessarily need, you know, huge, crazy aliens, big spacious, but just the physics of nature, if you mess with those, if you can play with physics in any way, that's science fiction to me. You know, like Quiet Earth, when when the scientists accidentally, they mess up the alignment of the atoms or whatever, and they're basically spinning the existence of Earth, like, off into space and all crazy, you know. it yeah, doesn't that's science fiction. Yeah, yeah, and all I think the reason, the reason I think fiction. Superman is science fiction it's because, I mean, just like Star Wars, where you, when you really, if you look at the his, I mean, it's hard to tell from, like, the Superman movie from 1978, but if you look at the history of Krypton, and you start building on that, I mean, this is a science fiction story. It's just in a different medium, you know, just because it's a comic book doesn't mean it's not science fiction. Just because it created a new genre of superhero, you know, fantasy action or whatever, doesn't mean it's not science fiction, because at the core of it, it's science fiction, because he's a fucking alien who comes from the planet with a red sun. <laughs> How does anybody... No, anybody on Earth doesn't know if you come from a red sun and go to a yellow sun, a young sun. How do we not know that that wouldn't yeah, re super rejuvenate yourself? There is, it's just nothing. science. You know, that, that, that but is... Like Spider-Man. Gene splicing is becoming a reality. Keeping with Superman, like, keeping with Superman the, th the appeal of the Superman legend is... Here is a man who is impervious to everything on Earth that anyone could throw at him. He's impervious to bullets. He's impervious to disease. He's impervious to, like, anything. And he can he has super strength. And he has superpowers. He can see through walls. He can, yeah. you know, has Isn't super that breath. That's that is amazing. <laughs> but these are things that I think that Superman is fantasy wish fulfillment. Because... Every person, I think, version. wants to be Superman. But how Superman. isn't Star Wars that? How is it other sci-fi movies that? You know what I mean? I think, I think Star I Wars... Because I can't get the Jedi powers. I, think, I can't... That's beyond I, me. Yeah, but I think Star Wars, you know? actually, Star Wars actually does figure into... It's more fantasy with, like... I mean, we're, we're talking, like, knights and princesses 
and there's evil baddies living castles. That's what I'm except I don't think they're like, such a you know, fine. All think right, Tom. Tom has some science fiction. I don't think there's such a fine line of what makes a sci-fi. Tom's gonna wait. Oh, he's this. got he's the Wikipedia. He's gonna read from somebody else. This, this is, is Google. The, this oh, is so this Captain is Captain Google. This is a right. fact. This is the dictionary <laughs> version of science fiction, a form of fiction that draws imaginatively. On scientific knowledge and speculation in its plot, setting, theme, etc. That is the dictionary. How, do, how does Superman? The, the not funny do that? thing is, is that Travis is sitting here saying like, "I've won." Oh, yeah. Hey, that is totally Superman, that and I'm like, Superman. what the fuck are you talking about? That's not Superman at all. You don't know anything about <laughs> Superman at all. Well, okay, <laughs> it's granted. I'm going based on primarily. I'm a Superman fan off of the '78 film. And a movie that is almost that. 40 years old, and they didn't have the special effects to show it. In his, well, but I come on, it starts off with a Jedi Council and a fucking Phantom Zone. And the then Jedi a Council and a Superman movie. A spaceship. I said a uh, Kryptonian Council. Yeah, that's what he meant. <laughs> a Kryptonian Council. He said Jedi Council. Anyway. The records will he show. Told, yeah. He totally did say Jedi to, Council. Eventually I'm going to be able to score off of that one. Okay, that's the freak show.